0: got a you've got a a podcast that you do about carbonated water is that correct
1: i do actually yeah it's called the seltzer cast uh it's running for uh almost a year now actually last august i started it uh definitely was like a a quarantine project similar to uh that's not austin but we'll we'll get into that in a few but yeah (laughs) um i uh have always loved Uh, seltzer, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start a podcast on it. No one's done that, so let's try it out. And yeah, it's been fun. Uh, most of the time, it's like me and my friends just having seltzer and interviewing them about whatever creative project they're doing. But uh, I've had people like Adam Pally on, I've had Simon Majumdar from the Food Network on. Oh, wow, Uh, yeah, so it's been fun. It's been uh, uh, fascinating to learn you know like everybody likes some carbonated beverage even if it's not seltzer so it's been nice uh, um trying to pin pinpoint, uh, pinpoint like Everybody's tastes and uh dude, you had Majumdar on (laughs) (laughs) He's great. How was was that? I bet he was very opinionated with everything. He he was. He did not want to talk about seltzer. He said (laughs) like right off the bat, he said, I don't like seltzer at all. I don't drink it. So we drank tonic water and we just sat there (laughs) at like I think it was really early too. It was like seven in the morning, in nine in the morning, whatever it was, and we were just sitting there drinking tonic water and uh I'll say that, yeah, he was extremely kind, and I'm very thankful that he did that. Uh, but, you know, I learned the whole history of tonic water in a matter of, like, 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Simon, for that.
0: <laughs> what, what's it, what's his beef on seltzer?
1: I just don't think he likes it. I don't know. You know, uh, I uh, there's been guests who have passed just because they they don't like it. And uh, I like when people don't like seltzer and they come on the pod. I like to like debate them about it and stuff. So it's uh, I I want everybody to come on and tell me if they like seltzer or not. It's a it's a pod for everybody. Russell, know?
0: are you familiar with Simon Majumdar? No, I have no idea. He's a food critic and he is uh, wildly opinionated and endlessly entertaining. Uh, I think he's he would, great. I think you'd yeah. like him.
2: I believe he's, I uh, I did appreciate I so Sean. Clark likes to make this difficult for me by wearing sunglasses indoors while we record. But I, treated, <laughs> I treat podcasting like professional poker. I swear to God, the, your eyes lit up behind them when he mentioned that name. And I knew it. it anything food. He's eating
0: right he now. Used be, he used to
1: be a big judge on Iron Chef. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, I knew him from, um, uh, what is it called? The, the Alton Brown show. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool Eats. No, no, no. Um, The other one cutthroat kitchen
0: cutthroat kitchen That's which
1: right. is one of my favorite shows I see I couldn't remember the name of it but I, that's like my favorite food show I think it's great and he's always like uh, you know if you get him as a judge that's the guy that's going to be mean to you every time he's but the Simon he's really Cowell sweet. of food <laughs> yeah I think it's like a persona he puts up though because he's really just like a sweet British guy but uh, you know he's tough on food because he has the knowledge to do so wasn't well, so. that Gordon
0: Ramsay isn't he the Simon Cowell of food that's pretty good <laughs> Yeah, and they, they also wear uh, t-shirts that are about two sizes, two times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's part of the brand. Now, Sean, you got to weigh in here. Clark rolled in today while we're recording with his first-time beverage of liquid death. Now, I know I know it's not bubbly water, but do you no, have any they do p- have a
0: sparkling water. Oh, they, they do. do they yeah, have?
1: they do have a sparkling water. Have you covered it on the show already? Yes, I have um with guest uh i would like to shout him out because i feel like he's kind of in uh tune with like a little bit of like the unnamed footage festival in a way uh because his art is pretty out there and like really great uh he's a dear friend of mine noah cutter Myhoff. he uh covered liquid death with me because his art very much is in the style of like liquid death i would mm-hmm. say um where he does like metal covers and stuff and uh yeah we both tried it and we loved it um that was my first time trying it on the pod many people reached out to me and was like hey when are you going to do this or like can i come on and cover that but it was one of the first ones we did i feel like and um i've since had it quite a lot uh i used to have to go to whole foods to get it but it seems like it's at almost like every 7-eleven now so that's really exciting that it's become more accessible and that people know what it is because I think it's a good one it's uh it's uh you know it's very refreshing and uh I like that it's as big of a can as it actually is because I feel <laughs> like with seltzer I finish cans really quickly but it's like a tall boy can so you're able yep. to like sip it and like enjoy it I so yeah it's great
2: now I haven't I haven't waded into the liquid death water and I haven't <laughs> you know from looking at it it looks like the affliction shirts of water but to it's me. not it's beautiful <laughs> branding I well is it only the branding though no as I they coach, do
1: good things though i would say like i think um there's something environmentally friendly about it i know that that sounds terrible and i don't know what but i think it's like <laughs> something to do with like the can is better because it's like aluminum or some i don't know but you know they're uh um they're great yeah they don't use plastic that's that's their whole thing so
0: that's the thing. I'm, I'm either going can or glass because I'm I'm a topo chico man at the end of the day, and so I've got I've got a glass bottle. I like the twist of grapefruit, which I'm
1: currently. <laughs> but topo chico is like my top. I would say it's I very think. good. Now, yeah.
0: now where are you in the Lacroix madness?
1: I like it. I I think that there's some flavors that are terrible uh, on the podcast. I think I tried i'm gonna say i think it was a passion fruit Lacroix, and i straight up thought it tasted like dirt like there's no other way to put it i think it tasted just like earthy and terrible but i love the the designs i don't think they're tacky in any way i think they're just like out there and really cool and uh yeah i I like it for the most part i like them i do
0: now for the first time when i had the pample mousse for the first time Uh the grapefruit i believe Mm -hmm. um i had five in a row couldn't oh, get no. enough. I loved it. And then I had <laughs> diarrhea, and so I haven't had it since. <laughs> but that was it. I, yeah.
1: But see, have I'm. Tried a- the, have you tried cello? No. cello tastes like cake. Like, it baffles Ooh. me because it tastes like, you know, like, liquefied lemon cake, like frosting and all. Like, I don't know how it's a seltzer, and it somehow it's, like, zero calories. I'm sorry, do like, we that's have why here? I do the podcast is because I'm constantly baffled by, like, if something is somehow zero calories, if it has, like, a full flavor, it kind of takes me by surprise. Like, if it doesn't just taste like carbonated water, you know, so, yeah. Uh, the Lemoncello is like a dessert seltzer, I would say.
0: It definitely feels like it has, like, a hint of vanilla or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I
0: usually use uh, LaCroix to cut my red wine with. (laughs) 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 I wasn't... I like the regular lemon for that the most. The Lemoncello one, it... (sighs) It was yeah it's, it's one of the better ones i'm gonna sway you away from watermelon it it doesn't taste anything like watermelon
1: mm-hmm. it's bizarre I, I like i like the watermelon it's not it's it's okay it's not the best watermelon yeah. seltzer i would say <laughs> but it definitely tastes like a little bit artificial and i don't hate that is
0: there but, high competition for watermelon seltzer
1: i've just had other ones like <laughs> i house has like watermelon seltzer that tastes like if you were having like water like that's like the, the question that always comes up i would say is like does it taste artificial or does it taste like if you're at a restaurant and they put like a lemon or a lime in your drink like does it taste like that so that also comes up with like watermelon seltzer in terms of like does it taste like a natural watermelon flavor or does it taste like an italian ice watermelon or something like that you know like or like a jolly rancher flavor so it's uh you know there's, uh, there's a lot to discuss regarding seltzer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I...
2: Man, I don't know. They kind of freak me out.
0: But see, your experience <laughs> with
2: seltzers are more on the hard seltzers. That's not true. You're Mr. Whiteclaw over here, Yeah, right? I've been trying to do, like, in- intermittent fasting. And, you know, when I hit the time where I'm supposed to stop eating, I tried to, like, replace that with, like, LaCroix. Where I'm like, okay, I need a snack. Just because that oral fixation, like, yeah. you know... And, like, mm. watching a movie, it's really hard not to, you know, just make popcorn. So, dude, I've been digging into the fucking lacroix. Actually, when we run out of them or when they're not cold, it I kind of get grumpy.
0: <laughs> Why well, do I? Because I'm trying to kick soda. So now I, I need these guys as backup. Yeah, we dude, well, there's like four cases downstairs. Not it, anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See you blinking, <laughs> it's gone here.
2: Now... Sean, uh, you thought we were going to bring you on here to talk about your short film that you had in, <laughs> off, but clearly we only we love bubbly water.
1: No, that's good. That's uh, uh, good to hear.
2: Yeah, when you, when I found out you were doing a podcast about that, I uh, was angry I hadn't heard about it before. Like Clark listens to all the, the hack food shows, like Doughboys and all that garbage. So I'm I'm here to. <laughs> I listen to one show that talking about fast <laughs> <bad> food. <laughs> he just made a TikTok to do cooking
1: videos that's not a bad thing
0: (laughs) completely constructed by russell fisher that's not a thing that's happening what did you get TikTok for i don't know look at
1: titties
0: (laughs) (laughs) now sean did you actually
2: tune in to us did you were you able to watch any of our programming
1: i was not no i had something to do later that day so i was like i don't think i'm going to get up that early to watch that's not awesome but i wish i did because uh, I heard the chat loved it. I, I I was I was under the impression that they did. Is that correct, or am I like completely wrong? Oh about yeah,
2: that? and we didn't give you an easy time. If you're out here on the west coast, I think you're you're short played around like five a.m.
1: I'm and, on the east coast, so <clears throat> okay, so it would have been like eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was sleeping. I'll have to say. <laughs> now
2: you had a very important role to play because you know that's not Austin is a kind of like slice of life from like three a.m. TV and like mm-hmm. channel surfing right. and um i i really needed to transition out of all the heavy stuff we had done at like our actual 3 a.m slot sure, sure which sure. was like yeah. charlotte's net which featured you know real carnage from cartel videos <laughs> and
1: uh oh boy yeah uh-huh. like,
2: like heavy material we had an arg yeah. that deals with like heavy themes and the best way i thought for that like up late Delirious time was that's not Austin Uh because you really you nail that like Channel surfing delirium where you just end up hating pop culture
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that by the way, but I like it's an interesting Way that this happened because I didn't set out to make like it, it wasn't something where I was like You know what today? I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna make a short film about Austin Powers I, uh, I'm i not sure if you guys know, I am the co-founder of the Mike Myers Movie Club, which uh, started on Zoom very, very early on into quarantine, and uh, my girlfriend and I hosted it, and we were like, you know what, we're going to show Austin Powers on Zoom, because uh, the January before COVID, we were on a plane, and we've rewatched Austin Powers for the first time in a while, and we were like, you know what, it still holds up, it's really funny, it's great. <laughs> It's incredible. And um, so, you know, when Zoom first started, I was like, hey, this is something where I could show like movies on and stuff. So as everybody did, I had a screening of Austin Powers and kind of as a bit right as we were showing the movie. I was like, hey, from this point forward, we're going to watch every single Mike Myers movie on Zoom. it ended up not being a bit and <laughs> word of mouth spread and we did it and we watched everyone except for uh bohemian Rhapsody, city just because we were like all not fans of that movie we all fucking hate that movie <laughs> so uh yeah we watched them all we uh were able to book like guest q and a's for it as well uh which was really fun we did uh we one of the best ones, I think it was like the last QA that we did do was we had like the entire makeup team from Inglorious Bastards come. Greg Nicotero was there. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was really uh just eye-opening and really fun. Uh Robert Wagner gave me a call at one point. What? We did that on Zoom. It was pretty crazy. Like just all these people relating to Mike Myers is kind of like a chain reaction in a way of like oh, this person was on, well, I worked with this person on this movie, so talk to them, and yeah, it was really great. Um, What kind of traffic did you
0: get from the Love Guru?
1: We had, on the day of the Love Guru, we uh, did not tell her we were watching the Love Guru, but we had the choreographer for the Love Guru, and also Austin Powers, but she also did, like, I'm pretty sure she did, like, Showgirls as well, so we were just asking about, like, her entire filmography, because uh just what a career um and we ended yeah we did watch the love guru that night unfortunately but um yeah no it was great it was uh uh the kind of thing where um we were able to track down a lot of like lost things too because if you look on like mike myers imdb he's got things that like uh are just not available there was like a mockumentary called the thin pink line uh that was just incredible. And the director like sent us a private link to watch it. I think it was only released in like Japan at the time too. Like so essentially. Wait, we wait, were hold finding, on, hold on. Like,
2: the thin pink line, that's a play on Errol Morris's The Thin Blue Line. I would imagine. Yes. Uh um, we need to get in touch <laughs> <with> whoever <laughs> and it's a mockumentary?
1: Yeah, it's a mockumentary. Um it is about a it's like about supermodel who's like murdered um and the amount of people that are in it it's like really insane because it definitely was made by like a friend group but then the friend group was also people who ended up being famous like jennifer addiston or will ferrell or janine garofalo so it's like who's who like just even if they're in it for like 30 seconds like that that's like mike myers is in it for like 30 seconds so it, that was a lost movie. I think it was only released in theaters in Japan. But the director had sent it to us and let us watch it and screen wow. it for one night only. Um, and there was a series of stuff like that. Like we had uh, there was a pilot that Mike Myers was in with Ryan Styles from uh, "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" Sure. and I forgot who else. So There was like somebody else in it, and it was made at Second City, and it was like a really funny pilot, uh, and it was online. Briefly, but then it was taken offline, and Second City's archives like had to send it to us. So it was interesting because like we were just tracking down all this media, and it was about Mike Myers, and you know Mike Myers is not somebody that we've spoken to, but we've spoken to like, you know, like I said, anybody from like Robert Wagner to like Mrs. Kwan from the Cat in a Hat movie spoke to us. Like, <laughs> so it was like you know definitely a uh, uh, quite the journey, and you know the Mike Myers part of it was great but uh, you know to be a little bit more sentimental uh, I made a friend group out of it you know I it was I knew some of the people but a lot of it was like I knew one person they told their friend that I didn't know and they told their friend that I didn't know and now uh, it's a whole group of people and I would say most if not all of them are artists in one sense of the other like in terms of like we have somebody who's incredible at painting, or we have somebody who's incredible at filmmaking and stuff. And like, um, that leads to that's not Austin, because we did almost like a show and tell art night one day where, uh, there is another piece of lost media is, uh, uh, we were able to track down a, uh, MTV special, uh, that was hosted by Austin powers right before the first Austin powers movie came out. Um, it was a half hour special of essentially him showing like music videos like they showed like Back music videos and Spice Girls like very much so of that era Um, and it was like kind of like a parody of like Laugh-In and that was really great and so because that was only a half hour long yeah we did like a show and tell like an art night and stuff and some people made paintings and some people did stuff on like Illustrator and everything and um, I went down the rabbit hole of hey, I'm gonna try to find, you know, bizarre Austin Powers videos on YouTube, and I was just gonna show them all in a playlist, and then I realized, no, there's, like, dozens of, <laughs> I, I think the short's, like, what, 25 minutes or something like that? Yeah. Like, there is... Uh, uh, You know dozens and dozens of Austin Powers impersonators who are still active by the way like they're they're still working and all of their videos are as if you'd imagine like I don't know somebody from your local high school being like I'm gonna act like Austin Powers and I'm going to make a video on, like, the worst cameras possible. (laughs) And so, you know, after compiling them just into my editing program, I was like, I think there's something more here. I was like, just showing the footage, it wasn't enough for me. Like, I was like, I know that there is almost like a deeper story within (laughs) these like horrific like videos which i i would like to say that like i didn't even use them all like i I just checked it's a 19 minute short i did not use them all like there is plenty more out there and they're still going there you can hire awesome powers impersonators in the year of 2021 and they will do your event i don't know for how much but they they exist um so, I wonder you know, if there's like, Austin
0: Powers cameos. I was just thinking that, too. There
1: should be, if not. I don't know. Maybe the Hamner
2: just, Barber, the Barber? Hamner
1: Barber? Oh, God. That, yeah, the Hamner Barber Variety Hour, which, uh, that you know, that's an interesting thing, too, because that's in, I think it's in... Uh, Branson, um, Missouri. Right. So <laughs> that led me to be like, what the hell is Branson, Missouri? And be like, it's essentially in my understanding um it feels like orlando without any theme parks so, so,
0: sean I, I can help you i can fill in this gap for you more than happy okay. to do uh i am 34 years old and i have been to branson missouri 10 times in my life
2: <laughs> whoa why?
0: for the hamner br- barber no, uh, i can't say the fucking name <laughs> there, so here do you want to know the full story here's the full story yeah right. yeah let's reason hear. why so my grandparents i'm from mississippi originally so mm-hmm. my grandparents uh ran the sunday school for the blind and handicapped in the community and every summer they would go on a trip and because they were my grandparents we went with them so i from ages five until 18 Mm
2: -hmm.
0: every summer would spend a week going to either branson missouri we went to nashville a few times uh went to houston once not a good not a good trip we were supposed to see the Beach Boys, but we had to cancel that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so ten times I've been to Branson, Missouri. But no times did you watch the Hamner Barber? So I am show. very familiar with the Hamner Barber. I don't recall ever going to that. It's a possibility. I have been to this show because uh, I saw some terrible, uh, you know, variety shows in my time. <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, but so there is actually an amusement park in branson it's branson is basically i if i would say it is the family-friendly las vegas nevada
1: okay it is wow. christian Las wait, Vegas. Wait, wait. is it, that where silver dollar city is correct oh okay okay
0: yeah branson gotcha. is christian vegas
1: <laughs> wait
0: what is what is silver dollar silver dollar city is the amusement park in branson yeah I'm confused. I've
1: heard of it, because I <laughs> know they a do a lot movie. of stuff for Christmas there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
2: It I looks cool. Yeah. I I was really hoping one of y'all had seen the Hamner Barber, because in that <laughs> clip, there is a dude with two ventriloquist dummies, and it looks like one of the ventriloquist dummies is operating him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good stuff. <laughs> so I think the thing is about like why i did this and like my obsession and stuff and i i think if anything out of all the videos in there definitely about like hamner barber is like i always loved like travel videos in a way but travel videos i don't mean by like you know travel vlogs or anything on youtube i mean like if you're sitting in a hotel room on vacation and you're watching like the hotel channel where it's just showing you like all like the essentially like a living brochure of like what the city has to like offer um i always loved that and i always loved like seeing you know just what every city had just by like a television and i think that there's like a specific kind of way that these things are filmed regarding like hamner barber or if you look at like old disney stuff and old disney travel videos and stuff that they just don't film it like that anymore and it Almost looks like surreal in a way. And so if you times that or like add that with like Austin Powers impersonators, then it just really feels like off, you know?
2: Yeah, man, it's crazy. I, um, I really appreciate your Mike Myers love. Now, Thank you. before we started recording, me and Clark were like, what's a good Mike Myers movie? I was like, I don't know. I can't think of one. And I'm like, I like Wayne's World. But I wouldn't watch it again. And mm. then I, I pulled Shrek. Oksana's a fan of Shrek. But I, I remember watching Austin Powers in the theater and, like, loving it. And that memory makes me cringe. <laughs> I cannot revisit it. And, you know, your film, it spoke to me in uh, kind of like how culture can end up turning into this, like, vulture fest. Where it's like, Mike Myers created a character that is so unique, and even the presentation, like, just the, like, 70s kind of, like, Bond-esque, like, I don't know, he, there's something about it so unique that people feel like they can uh, mimic it, or, like, parody it, Mm -hmm. and it really opened it up to anybody, which I loved in your film, because we get all this regional footage, like we're talking about, and it. It just created this vortex of like American culture. How we get stuck on a thing and we just beat it to death until like uh, more recently we did it with Tiger King, where that shit right, right. was fucking everywhere. And I bet we yeah. could go on YouTube, and pull videos of everybody doing impersonations. But now you mention tar- Tiger King at a party, you get thrown out. Nobody gives a fuck. Like it's it's not even that people don't care. It's that they don't. It's almost they want to forget. And when I, when I got That's Not Austin, man, you reminded me of a time that's just so bygone. What
0: parties have you been thrown out of because <laughs> of about
2: Tiger King? I, I, I could not r- let that go. I heard, uh, so Joe Exotic was doing NFTs out of his jail cell. I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, cool. And and it's one of those things where you hear Joe Exotic and NFT in a sentence, and you're like, you you just know it's jumped the shark. <laughs> like, culturally, it's just we can do no more. And I right, feel like right, right. Austin had it wasn't didn't they have like a Austin Powers like Burger King ad read Yeah, oh. he
1: was like that that's another yeah. thing too. That's another like subculture is like the amount of, you know, promotional tie-ins and stuff that contained Austin Powers. I find it to be fascinating because if you look at like what is considered like a promotional tie-in like now, it's never like there hasn't really been something where there'll be a promotional time with like an R-rated comedy. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Austin Powers is R-rated, but like Wait, you still, even just like a comedy in general, like that doesn't happen anymore. So it's fascinating that like, you know, one guy kind of just like made a character and was just like, hey, this is going to be an original movie. Like that sounds crazy that this like doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but it's like, it's true. Like you just don't see you know you don't go to burger king and see like uh i don't even know what today's equivalent to Austin powers would be the joe exotic burger i don't know (laughs) you (laughs) know so uh yeah i it's it's fascinating to me now it's definitely culturally like gone i've always
0: wondered though what what do the brits think of austin powers because austin powers was (laughs) enormous when i was a kid like you could Mm -hmm. not get away from it so mm-hmm. I, that's why, I, I, for a second, I don't doubt that you had to sift through so much because it was just, the culture was just inundated by Austin Power, So I just think like the Brits probably hate the shit out of it. Well, yeah. Because imagine, imagine if they had made Joe Dirt, that would be like <laughs> an American, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, with yeah. the terrible teeth. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I would, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'd imagine that most of if not all of the Austin Paris impersonators in that video are from America I do not think I think it's like a, only like an American
0: now I'll tell thing, you a you couple know, yeah. are pretty impressive
1: <laughs> <laughs> a couple keyword a couple a
0: couple are pretty impressive the guy I love the guy on the news report with the Ben and Jerry's guy I think I may like the Ben and Jerry's guy more because he is just wildly uncomfortable
1: yeah I agree and I think that what's really funny too about that clip in particular is that you know, uh, if it had been maybe like uh, something like the Today Show or, you know, like a national show, then it would have been like, you know, somebody, maybe even Mike Myers himself as Austin Powers and maybe even ben and jerry themselves but (laughs) what you have here is local television that they say that there's going to be celebrity scoopers and then you start to think like what does that mean because like (laughs) who is a celebrity that's going to come down to like wherever the fuck they are and scoop ben and jerry's and then you just have like the manager of ben and jerry's on the news and that's considered news that's is when you get good content that's that's what i would say
0: local local
2: news is my favorite yeah and yeah of
1: course you
2: could tell their attention was mostly on the impersonator like they were ignoring that manager motherfucker and it was beautiful now i do have a craft question now with this video now did you (laughs) find all of these on youtube or were you digging up like vhs tapes and like finding commercials that were taped
1: it was all youtube Okay, on now every single I, I'm pretty sure every single thing on there was from YouTube. Yeah,
2: okay Because that video there was a editing choice in there that I didn't like and it read to me like YouTube Because when we get our impersonator and he's doing all his quirky shit with the, the Ben and Jerry's we get like a forced Digital zoom on him. Do you know that what I'm talking was me? About? That was you. Okay, and because yes. it read very YouTube, but it worked And I was like, I'm curious if you actually went in there and altered the footage. Now, did you end up doing that with any of the other stuff you pulled?
1: (laughs) I would say some of it. It depends. I mean, like that clip in particular, if you can find it on YouTube, it is much longer. Like a lot of these clips are so much longer than you'd anticipate. And that's when i would say the comedy is not there because they just like let the austin powers impersonator just like keep going over and over so i definitely altered them a little bit that clip i would say in particular probably the most one out of all of it especially to look like they don't care about the ben and jerry's guy (laughs) i think that they were maybe a little bit more um you know uh warm towards him but you know just by the look on his face you can see it's just like clear as day that he does not want to be there um one thing i would like to say in particular too that i've noticed that has just stood out with me from day one is that um do you guys know like the state like the wet hot american summer guys sure okay so there's two impersonators where one of them looks almost identical, I would say, or I would say even sounds almost identical to Michael Schwalter. Yeah. And there's another guy who is like spot on doppelganger to 80 miles. And yeah. that's kind of like stood out for me in a way of just like, you know, they're not famous, but it's like th- these impersonators are not famous, but it's scary how they start to look like other people and like pop culture. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's just uh, a, a bizarre coincidence. Was the
0: A.D. Miles guy the one who did Dr. Evil, too?
1: Yeah, he's cool. like Trent Betting. I think it is.
0: Yeah, that was rough.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, my personal favorite, and I think... Um, see, I'm, I'm rethinking the whole film now. Now that I know Sean had his fingers in it, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm much more impressed. The thing played so well, and... With a 19-minute runtime, you really don't overstay your welcome with any of it. And I think my personal favorite one was the Sean Connery bit. Oh my gosh! Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I like the way that you presented that one too. Thank you. Yeah, but yeah. If I,
1: I that okay. So that that's an instance where I would say that I edited it a little bit. Is that um, I wanted it to feel really long because that's something that you know up until that point in the film, I would say that. Uh, it's pretty fast paced and you're moving like really fast, uh, just like fast through all the awesome powers. But this one in particular, I wanted to stay on it for a while because it actually is like a really long, like awful sketch on YouTube <laughs> and, um, uh, just put it bluntly. And so, uh, what happens is you definitely feel the length within it. However, he turns to the camera and acts like it's like a, uh, car insurance thing yeah (laughs) but in reality if you were to watch it on youtube you would just realize that that's a joke that he's doing it's not a car insurance commercial but being that i show like the length of it and you're not seeing it in terms of like watching it on an austin power impersonator's like youtube channel it plays as if it's like oh, you're watching a car insurance commercial because you're seeing so many commercials like before it. So that was definitely a choice to uh, leave that in there and also just let it go for as long as possible. How so my, that, how, you know. how
0: long is that whole video?
1: Um, Let's see. I'm looking it up. I can hopefully find it. Because you
0: cutting I'm, that up and pr- making it in a more presentable manner. I mean, you truly are turning ch- chicken shit into chicken salad because... <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. Dude, Sean,
2: you're two for two, man. I'm shocked. I thought for sure you hadn't altered the footage. Like I got the digital zoom did really read as like modern editing to me, but I didn't think it was you. And now, hey, man, you're killing it.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm I'm fluent in video editing, so I was like, I have to I have to do this. The uh, James it's called James Bond versus Austin Powers. Of course, it is, is six minutes and fifty six seconds, oh. so almost seven minutes in total of just yeah, over and over. Uh,
0: where did it premiere? The Guantanamo Bay Film Festival?
1: <laughs> uh, it is a, it's a YouTube video with two uh, celebrity impersonators, two of which that I will not name publicly on the pod. But, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. I respect that choice. Now, I, I have we to... We can use the buzz. I have to blame you a little bit here. When we were coming up with the concept for the Uff 24-Hour Film Fest... Dude, that's not Austin. It really stuck with me. And it was kind of, it kind of gave me like, ah, it really propelled me in the direction where we went, which was a punishing nonstop 24 hour plus long marathon. And I, to me, the reward of the whole thing for those who stuck it out would be the little gems like that's not Austin. That was another mm. reason why I wanted it at 5 a.m. I wanted people to get delirious with all the movies and all the heavy content. And then just be kind of like half awake living through That's
0: Not Austin.
1: I, I just, love that. that. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what, like, what I tried to do. So I love to hear that.
0: And I tried because I am a <laughs> steward of art. I tried to get your uh, short presented at a more reasonable time and Russell had his reasons and I got overpowered because I'm at the end of the day
1: oh well I'm glad that it was in the time slot it is because I think that's like the best time to watch it and also like the thing is with this film is like you know near the end of it I would say like my favorite part of the whole thing and I, I'll watch like I'll go back and I'll only watch maybe the last like two minutes of the video because I when it cuts to like the cable uh, like the TV guide like on the TV it kind of feels like you know the narration at the video is myself and my girlfriend and i wanted to include that because i have the person saying like oh i can't sleep and then at the end it just stays on the tv guide as if the person watching it did fall asleep <laughs> so you and then while you, while it's on the tv guide you're seeing footage of austin power still so it's just endless like it's going to continue and continue and continue so yeah i like that because that you know adds an extra layer to it that it actually was that early in the morning and that uh you know i hope that there was a, a viewer out there that uh had a, a awful sleep while uh watching <laughs> this so
2: <laughs> now how did it play during your like zoom um screenings
1: they they loved it they you know we only showed it once on zoom during the art night and uh uh they they definitely loved it uh we still talk about it like a lot till this day just because you know we're still constantly baffled by the footage like that's the kind of thing where uh I'm happy to have found it but you know I I'm not I don't think even if I tried I could make footage like the things that I found in this uh movie so yeah I'd say that we're like constantly baffled by it uh I have thought I I haven't dug enough and maybe this will be another project soon and I hesitate to even tease it because I might not even get around to this someday, but I have thought about doing that's not Shrek. Because I know that there's oh. gotta be Shrek impersonators all through YouTube. I just have not looked for them yet. I do you think Shrek made
2: anywhere near as big a cultural ripple that Austin Powers did? One could I make think the argument. It continu-
1: it's continuing to do it though.
2: Oh, that's a fair point.
1: That's- so the issue with Shrek as opposed to Austin Powers <laughs> is that Shrek is like i i think the first shrek is like a great movie but you know shrek's being like a meme has just been a meme since memes have like existed i feel like so you know there absolutely is more of a uh an impact on internet culture with shrek so people are already making memes and making like uh you know like I think there was like a it's called Shrek retold like a bunch of animators like remade Shrek and stuff so like there is that kind of thing out there but I could imagine that there's also that side of like the local uh, television there's got to be some guy on local TV dresses Shrek, and I, I want to find it I don't know if I will make anything out of it but I'm sure that it exists
0: so while while you just gave me the idea of talking about the shrek thing so i looked it up on youtube to see what we've got here um we've got one guy who pulls up if you type in shrek impersonations oh no uh brian hull owns the first four videos up there
1: <laughs> oh and oh i see him yeah he has
0: a 2.8 million uh view video called shrek and the donkey at the drive-thru oh no <laughs> Oh, Sean, boy. if
2: you take on this project, I and we do another off, I will book it blind. Okay. <laughs> I know I, I have so much faith in you. I love the format. I love the like digital vortex of media on YouTube. the The digital rabbit hole is probably one of my favorite things to talk about because it's taken so many hours of my life from me. Uh huh. And I would love to plunge into Shrek. I'm not going to. Yeah, because I I really think you need to make this film,
1: you know, the good way to find things. And I'm I'm sure y'all already know this, but the good way to find things is like, you know, yeah, we just saw the guy's impersonations for the first four videos. But if you really, really scroll down and find the things that have like 50 views on YouTube. That's when you start to find like the good stuff. That's how I've like def like I would just endlessly scroll until I found every awesome powers video, and then I just download them all and g- sort through them. Sean, you know?
0: this you just named our life's work. This is what we do. <laughs> the, the the we have so many YouTube videos that we've collected that have less like there have been many videos where we watch where we were the first people to watch these videos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And we're just sitting on treasure troves.
2: No, Sean, if you're ever in the Bay Area, come over. We'll just get some seltzer water, and we'll sit (laughs) in the front room, and we'll project YouTube for hours. And, you know, my favorite thing to do, last time I went over to my parents' house, uh, I believe it's for my sister's birthday, and they had all their friends there. I said, all right, give me your phone, because they all cast the YouTube onto the TV.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
2: And uh, I just went, I would play a game where I would play a video. And I'd be like, all right, how many how many views? And every time people are always like, oh, it's got to be like two hundred thousand. We're like, we're looking at two hundred and twenty. Like, I don't know. I have a sense of pride there, mm-hmm. so I I think your your film it just it really speaks to me on that level.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad. You know, it's it's just I I think the reason why it is so baffling as it is. Is because you know YouTube is vast, and the way that the YouTube algorithm is is that YouTube, whether it tries to or not, tries to hide those kind of things. You know, you're seeing the videos up front and forefront from those creators that have thousands of subscribers and everything. But if you look deep enough, you'll find some hidden gems. And yeah, I would say that uh, just as for myself that's how you find the best stuff and you know then like you said you could show it at parties or like whatever you know so yeah it's uh it's 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 crazy how many videos are on youtube
2: (laughs) now sean do you fancy yourself a filmmaker
1: i i do yeah i would say so i um i went to film school uh and i recently within the same year as that's not austin directed a documentary as well um that was called introducing Juan Waters it was about the musician Juan Waters uh that was an interesting story where uh I went to see Mac DeMarco in Central Park uh like most people maybe this sounds terrible but I feel like i never really paid attention to like the openers uh before a concert um but something about uh the musician Juan Waters was really incredible uh, most of his set was just him playing uh, this specific song. It's actually in the documentary called James Brown, uh, where he would just say over and over born in Augusta, Georgia, James Brown. Uh, and then the whole audience was like joining in and singing along with him and everything. And it just felt like a great atmosphere that personally I was like, this needs to be documented. So I got in touch with them and uh, we had dumplings together and he agreed <laughs> to let me make a documentary about him. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so hopefully... Juan Waters,
2: is he doing like a comedy thing or is, or is no, this like real outsider like, art?
1: He is like an actual, like I would say that, uh, his music, he definitely has a sense of humor and will do things like spin or like race people on stage. And like, that's always like really exciting and like super energetic. And so he is funny but i would say that uh just up front he's like his music is literally incredible too so yeah uh he's just an all-around interesting guy that i was like you know i i feel like he should be documented so yeah uh with those two projects in uh the past year i Sure, I consider myself a filmmaker. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, i no, I only I only asked that way because it feels like you're you're getting kind of pulled into a curator host position with um, like that's not Austin. I totally understand how that film came together now uh-huh. because you know we used to do two screenings a night at my house and we would invite a bunch of people over and we turned our front room into a theater and I would just make YouTube um, playlists. videos to throw on in the background right? and I'm like I feel like you're getting pulled over there like if you have fucking Greg Nicotero showing up to your Mike Myers Zoom party I feel like you're doing something right
1: (laughs) yeah well that's what's interesting about it I would say is that like look I'm uh to just flat out be completely honest I'm currently unemployed I love doing both film but also doing like curation and everything like that because I think that there's an overlap in the way of like I love the satisfaction of showing somebody something that I've made and seeing their reactions whether it be online in a zoom club or in a movie theater and stuff but I also feel like I can get the same high for lack of a better term you know watching Austin Powers with a group of people and seeing their reactions to something that maybe they haven't watched in the past 20 years so although it's not something that I've made It's nice to, you know, I I guess I just love that feeling of gathering people together and uh, watching something, you know, whether it be something my own or someone else's.
2: Well, I mean, now I'm going to be a hypocrite when I say this, but what you're doing definitely is a skill. And uh, there's a lot of value there because people really enjoy these things. They're just not willing to put them on. And I, um, I find myself in those same shoes all the time where I'm like. I love hosting these things and putting it together, but I wish I was making the movie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, no, I'm not talented, but dude, what you're doing sounds great. And also how, how is it? I got two questions. One, have you run into any legal trouble showing these films over zoom?
1: (laughs) No, uh, surprisingly, no, we are, uh, on wood, continuing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, we are continuing with uh hugh grant at the moment we've been watching all of hugh grant's movies uh have not had any issues uh we haven't really booked q and a's for hugh grant specifically because by this point well there's two reasons like one is like uh a lot of his films are british so timing wise i don't really feel like we would get a lot of like uh you know, people in England to come to an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time screening. Uh, Two being that, uh, uh, you know, what started as something where we were doing Q&As and it felt very formal um, just turned into a friend group. Now I have, like, 20 (laughs) great friends that uh, I'm meeting them in September for the first time, (laughs) like, we're all meeting up. So uh, it became something a little bit less formal in a way and i don't hate that uh legal wise i really thought that we were going to hear something but one specific person who directed a very popular mike myers movie uh kind of just threw us one of those emails that was just like does mike know about this does (laughs) the studio know about this and after i explained myself i said hey like you know maybe i'm (laughs) i didn't say this but i was like you know maybe i'm good at writing emails and it sounds a lot more professional than uh we actually are but uh it's surprisingly low-key even for something that you know to post on twitter and be like hey uh we're doing QA tonight like when we did all the q a's we would never tell people who was arriving unless they were on our uh tiny letter like we have like a tiny letter where like people could subscribe and know about screenings and stuff and so uh just because you know after a while i was content with like the people that we had and i was like i I love making new friends but i'm like i don't i didn't i never really wanted it to be like massive like i i like it almost as a friend group And then maybe some days greg nicotero will show up you know so it it, it's surprising that it hasn't uh exploded in a way but it's almost like a happy accident that it didn't so what
2: what did greg show up and talk about
1: for inglorious bastards uh he was on the makeup team for that uh and mike myers is in that movie for one scene uh he he came because we getting in contact with greg nicotero is something that i don't think i could have done but we were emailing with i think her name was camille that's maybe that's wrong uh (laughs) uh let's see uh makeup she's a very famous makeup artist uh who recently did like uh the upcoming suicide squad movie like she's definitely worked on uh, a bunch of makeup department stuff who the hell Uh, oh no her name is heba heba thoris daughter so she loved the idea and was just happy that we were doing something during covid like on zoom and so it was the kind of thing where she just like rounded up everybody and was like i'm gonna call this person and try to get them and that's how greg nicotero ended up
2: wow that's rad wait who who was mike myers in that movie
1: he played a british general um when yeah he's definitely in makeup unrecognizable uh he like gives michael fassbender kind of like his mission before michael fassbender goes into like the basement uh the famous like basement scene
0: operation kano
1: yeah baby (laughs) oh dude
2: are you gonna show up at the 20 people meet up as uh austin powers i feel like you can do it clark
1: here here's uh 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 something that uh we yeah we're going to Orlando so uh it just works out that uh one of the days of course we're going to Universal Studios where uh they have Shrek 4D so essentially we are doing Mike Myers movie club in person accidentally I guess with, with a bunch of people so we're we're doing a Zoom club screening of a Mike Myers movie but it so happens to be in Universal Studios wow
2: so, yeah Shrek 4D I completely forgot. We've seen that. Oxana, do you remember? Mm -hmm. Shrek 4D, they shoot water at you, and there's like a little fan in the. I I think it might be PTSD I'm experiencing.
1: It's a lot, yeah.
2: Dude, Sean, you have to make the Shrek movie. I'm going to harass you.
1: (laughs) I, I see I already forgot that I said that I was like wait am I like gonna make Shrek 5 like what's going on well we're gonna need some handheld um, but...
2: footage from Shrek 4D we, we need you to be the guy in the movie theater filming
1: the film during I'm Shrek gonna bootleg 4D. Shrek 4D yeah exactly
2: dude that's gonna be great it's gonna be a huge hit on YouTube they'll bury it I'll show it at my mom's house <laughs> how, many, how many views
1: yeah i uh yeah it's been an it's been an interesting year so i'm happy to discuss it all on the pod so what's next for you are you gonna do you
2: have a script in the works or are you looking to host more hugh grant
1: uh hugh grant's continuing but i would say i mean i'm looking to do another documentary i've been talking uh to someone about that and not sure if that's gonna happen so i'm not necessarily gonna plug that but uh yeah i got two feature screenplays that basically nobody's read and <laughs> are not sold so uh some somebody buy them that would be great
2: now um your documentary is it available right now the john waters one the wan Waters. yeah
1: Juan waters it's on uh it is on my vimeo people could watch it at uh vimeo.com slash sean Films. Uh, it premiered on NoBudge.com, dot com where it won the audience award, so that was really cool awesome. um and yeah, but go to the vimeo, check it out uh it's it's fun no I, I i'm I'm happy with it
2: <laughs> yeah, it looks interesting and um I'm almost like it it reads as outsider art to me. Is that incorrect like is is he, he a dude struggling through life or are we dealing with just an artistic dude?
1: Um, hmm, I would say, I mean, I I think it's kind of similar to, you know, the conversation that we were having in terms of like YouTube videos and stuff because he definitely has a cult following. Like it's a it's like if you know him, like you like him. Um, so I would say he's pretty big or bigger in like the New York City scene, but uh I mean, he's on the label Captured Tracks, which is pretty big, so uh for you know for ind- independent musicians and stuff so uh i don't know I, I think that uh if you find out about him and you listen to his music you're probably gonna end up liking it like he's hard not to like and uh and even if it's not your taste in music it's just something that uh you can appreciate it in one way or another
2: okay yeah me, me and clark are big like avant-garde film or uh Music, music fans like The Residents or The Frogs, or even like Wesley Willis. That's why I'm I'm curious, like where he would fit in there. But I'm, he, I'm, hmm, I
1: like his his music is like a lot like uh, it goes from anywhere from like I would say like indie rock to like uh, folk. Like he hit a lot of his songs, he's very like calming in a way, but then like I said, they'll be like super energetic and like race people on stage or like uh yeah like race people through the crowds and stuff (laughs) so yeah uh uh, very fascinating dude uh and a total sweetheart and just a really really good guy
2: clark who am i blanking on they they did that documentary about him paul weird paul weird paul weird paul Paul. Uh, do you know weird paul
1: no i do not
0: (laughs) is it weird paul (laughs) it's weird paul is it strange I feel like weird owl weird Paul that I think he had a seizure I think he there had you a go seizure. yeah that kid has had seizures yeah Sean you gotta check him out because
1: I think if you're weird into- Paul I will
0: yeah peanut butter's great
1: is on no, <laughs> <laughs> let that
0: linger <laughs> it's very good all right Russ anything else for Sean before we let him go back to drinking uh, seltzer
2: no i'm I'm bummed you missed the fest because we had a a short film Possessions Two, which isn't the uh-huh. actual title. we just got it wrong and uh <laughs> it opens up and like the whole movie is kind of based on uh the re the rebirth of lacroix so it I was like, oh, dude, we ha- okay. yeah, like it kicks off with a a depressed man who we had on the show, Zeke Farrow, talking about how if lacroix could come back after being alive for forty years. He can too, and he 100% meant that. So I actually wow. I think that film's available on Vimeo.
0: Yeah, I think it's on his Vimeo
1: channel. Yeah, yeah send, we'll send it my way. I would love to see that.
0: Definitely.
2: Yeah, you've got to get Zeke on the
0: show and talk about Seltzer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he'd be great. Down. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, well, Sean, this was great, man. We're uh, again, thank you so much for uh, letting us show the film, and uh, it played great. Chat loved it. We loved it. And uh, keep us in touch, man. We're, we're, we're down to, to go down any journey you take us down, man. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it.